When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 514, holy cow, of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by my favorite white sock, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., and my favorite lumberjack, Ben Askren. <laughs> you guys like old, my skills or what? That was a big old tree. We're, we're getting it done up here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacob Roshka came home from college he loves doing all that uh, stuff, and so he's just been going to town. I go out there and get to play around and help out whenever I get some free time. It's awesome. Well, wonderful. I was, uh, how, how certain were you that it was going to fall the direction it was going to fall? Which one? The, well, there's a giant one. The, well, I only watched one video. Are there multiple videos oh, of you chopping down trees? I put, I put two videos up yesterday. One, I was up in a tree, and I cut a, a very large dead limb off. No, not that one. That one, I was very certain where it was going to fall. On the other one, so the other one, what you couldn't see on the video was that I bought I bought wedges, um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because there's nice trees over here, and I, w- I wanted it to fall this direction, the direction it eventually had to fall. But, you know, that, that was our first time using the wedges, so we hit them, and they were all the way in. And so there was, like, you couldn't hit them any further, Um and so yeah, we had to we had to get creative. So I started chopping it with a uh, an axe, and uh, we made it fall the right direction. How long of a project was that? Of uh, how many how many chops? Uh, how many swings? Oh well, I was a dumb dumb, and I got my chainsaw stuck because uh, it's a long story, Christian. You don't you want to hear about it? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, you want to learn? So okay, so I make I make the V cut, then I make the other cut, then we hit the wedges in, and. It's, and I was so on my property. There's a whole bunch of trees that have barbed wire in them because some whatever uh, hundreds of years ago, someone wrapped like fence lines on the trees, right? Oh yeah. So then, as I'm cutting through the trees, some of them hit barbed wire, and that ruins your chainsaw. So I couldn't keep cutting that direction, so I cut it out. Well, so obviously the the, the wedges are pushing this way, so it'll pinch your chain, you know. But I kind of got to go for it on the other side because I'm hitting barbed wire on the one side of the tree. So then Damn. my chain got, chainsaw got stuck, so then I had to go with the axe. Dang it. Well, that's okay. You said unconventional. Is it the axe kind of the uh, conventional lumberjack uh, tool? Uh, Not anymore. I, 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 would, I would venture to guess most people use a chainsaw now. I'm just saying, like, the stereotype of the old lumberjack is with a big yeah. axe. Yeah. Harking yeah, back axe, to the days of yours. Yeah, here you go. We got the video. We got the video of Dude, of ben if, you, if you hit with an axe all day, you'd be so so strong. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I had a I had a wrestler who he really didn't lift. Oh, mid- boom! There we go. That's yeah. pretty sick. I had a wrestler who uh, just kind of like he never really lifted weights, but he was you know working around the house and you know stuff like that. But he was his one of his main responsibilities. He's probably listening right now. He's one of the uh, few. But um, 
he always had to chop wood. So, like, he started lifting weights, and he wasn't really particularly good at anything except, like, anything that involved shoulders. He was, like, disproportionately strong. Like, his, his <laughs> deltoids were, like, ridiculous. But, like, he couldn't bench or do anything. But anything that involved, like, shoulder press or whatever, he was, like, really good at right away. Because he had yeah. an his whole life? Yeah. Yeah, he just chopped. That was, Bam. like, the thing he did. He chopped wood for the wood. You know stuff. who else is a monster with the axe? This is, this is according Who? to Danny uh, Matt Gable. To, well, him, yes, him too. He's yeah, he's the old monster. The new younger monster. So Yanni told me the reason Dupre never really did freestyle until college is because in in high school they would have to chop wood all summer to keep the house warm for the winter. <laughs> and so Love he it. would just chop wood all summer. Uh, that's great. Wow. Yeah, he definitely. You can tell he's got that farm strength too. Dupre's a monster. Yeah, he's. Mm-hmm. he's is really good. Oh, so Ben, uh, episode What's two, up? you ha- you maybe watched it several hours before other did. people did. What'd you think? You know what? I, uh, well, I'm I'm gonna out myself here, Christian. I ended up getting busy, and I'm oh, you know I guilty the busy send, send me the link. I didn't I didn't watch it till last night, so then I felt guilty for you know forcing you to send me the link early. Um, it was good. You know, let's see. Here, here's my criticisms. I didn't feel like the Kale competing piece really fit. I I felt like it was just kind of thrown in there, and it was kind of a wild card. I don't really feel like it fit with the, the entire theme. And then on the other side, I f- kind of felt as though like the 2013 season went by a little too fast. Like you guys almost just yeah. skipped over a little bit. And like, you know, like the, the Dake Taylor was such a huge thing. And I, I know you've done a thing separately on that, but – I felt like you guys got through that one in like twelve seconds. Yeah, so I think I think uh well one, I don't understand how in for Kale's first decade, how him coming back and making a world team doesn't go somewhere in this three part yeah. series, right? Well you feel you feel like it should go somewhere, but then you're like, Well, where does it go? What makes sense here? And you're like uh, kind of between I don't know. So they put it between the 2011 and like you know because it was after that after the 2011 NCAA championships kind of right then but yeah um, that and so, so I I know I know Nomad made the argument Christian yesterday that it it motivated him I, I don't know what do you I feel like it's just kind of like a, I mean this is cool for him to do but it's kind of like a, eh, like no nah, not really just like a thing that happened. There's no way it motivated him any more than he already was. I think it could have helped him. I think it could have been an asset to have had a more recent, you know, run at competition. But I don't think it motivated him any anymore. Yeah, 2013 NCAAs is crazy because you have so – I mean, Oklahoma State was right there to win it that year. They won it by four mm-hmm. points. If Quentin doesn't beat Kilgore – they don't win mm-hmm. NCAs like that could have been discussed. Just like the story of the 2013 NCAs is definitely an area yeah. where um, I think we we got into it pretty extensively, but some things just end up not in there. But yeah, 2013 was definitely uh, really cool. So Ben didn't like it. Okay, so don't watch it. No, no, no. I I, I liked it. You know, uh, I'm giving you my feedback on where where I think I think could be improved. Who knows? Maybe you guys do it again. Yeah, version two. Run Something it back, like that. director's cut, the Askren cut. Director's cut. Um, <laughs> I also, man, I I, th- I think I said this when I watched episode one. I don't remember exactly if I said this or not, but man, it's like it's hard not to be a fan of Penn State. Besides the fact that you're like, uh, those bastards just win every time. Like it's hard to not be a fan of them. 
for yeah. me at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, what's the? They're not like jerks, you know. And they wrestle. They just their style. Yeah, and they're so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people gravitate towards that, and it's you know that they've been able to mm-hmm. do it for now ten years. A lot of these kids, these high school athletes, have only known a world where Penn State is like these fun-loving killers, right? So if you're Alex Facundo, right, who's their top recruit from 2021, and they've been winning titles since 2011, and he's probably 18 now, he was seven. Yeah. So very. So basically his whole wrestling career probably. His whole wrestling life, they've been at the top. Yeah. Um, You know what I thought was a stupid, uh, and I I don't even know, (laughs) I don't really know why you guys put this in there. But I, I kind of – it might be starting to be my pet peeve when people try to tie everything to, like, the greater good of the sport of wrestling when some things just shouldn't be tied to the greater good of the sport of wrestling. It should just be, like, tied to Kale or Penn State. So when Kale wins that first title, I think it was, and the reporter says, well, you know, this is the first non-Iowa or yeah. Oklahoma State or Minnesota to win. What does that say about the sport of wrestling? And Kale kind of gives an answer, but it, it felt to me as, like, he's like – you know, kind of saying some things that that have some nice words and they sound good, but it's kind of like, I don't know what to say. It doesn't say anything. And then if you, and then honestly, if you take what he said and then superimpose the fact that they've won eight of nine, then it would it would go opposite of what he was saying there. You know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought so, that was I when I saw that I saw that interview. I was like, man, this dude just kind of ran up on Kale and Kale didn't tell him no, and then he just kind of quickly came up with an answer right so i i, I see that i mean because yeah he said something like hope or something but it's like you know yeah kale, kale wants to kale wants to remove hope he would love to win every single year <laughs> and make yes. iowa and ohio state yes. hopeless right we know that yes. that that's true and i'm sure he would uh in the dark recesses of his mind would admit that um or maybe he would mm-hmm. candidly just admit it but he wants he wants it all right he doesn't yes He's about, yeah, pa- parody is something that I think is an overrated, I don't know, thing that gets discussed. It's, just, it's an overrated yeah. goal, right, for well, a sport. There's, there's, why two, is, there's two different kinds of parody, right? There's parody of, like, uh, number of teams who could win a team trophy, mm-hmm. right? So Or, like, number of teams that could conceivably be top ten and kind of how that shuffles in and out. And then there's the parody that I would like to desire, which is instead of uh, – consecutive runs where every team that wins wins for multiple years in a row there's more passing back and forth of the trophy the same teams are still involved but the actual trophy gets moved around sure but yeah. but think about it like this guys wrestling in 2020 is healthier than it's ever been and i think if you would look at metrics like total dual attendance um fans watching events like pick one of those that is more relatable to uh the overall health of the sport and it has nothing to do with how many different teams are winning because Penn State wins every every freaking year. So I mean, it's just it's just a it's a concept that is, I guess, nice. It's a nice gesture, but it, it, there's no there's no mapping it to reality. Well, I, I agree. So I think my argument there is they're they're slightly two separate things. There's like the work done by coaches and programs and athletic departments to uh, increase visibility on wrestling and garner fan interest and. Yeah, that I don't think that is tied into much. Um, the the 
again, what I desire, the, the passing around trophies. But I think, in my opinion, to go to the next step, it is more desirable to to break through from just, okay, a lot of these teams now are selling out and, and to have more... I don't know exactly what word I'm looking for here, but I think to to, to go to the next step fan-wise, it would be more desirable for the outcome of the season to not be determined yeah. on day one. Well, that's well, the thing. I don't think well, it is. Well, well, I don't think it is. I think it. there, yeah, there are some years it absolutely wait, is. Well, just let me ask you this, Nomad. I mean, obviously, you and I don't like it if there's not a team race at the end of the days, and we kind of know that would be the case as say, like this year. But how many programs actually say – if I don't get number one, this season sucks. Like, say Rutgers, yeah. who now has a ravenous fan base. They got in the top ten. Dude, they were throwing a party. That was awesome. Now, if they get in the top seven or the top five in the next couple of years, they're going to love it. They, they don't have to be number one for their fans to be pumped. Yes. I mean, would it be nice at some point? Sure, but it's not like this has to happen. For sure, but there's also the value. So, you know, if you're looking at it from, like, the dual perspective, there's also the value of, okay, say they get to host a um, – a, a playoff, right? Yeah, and so they mm-hmm. get they get an additional whatever five thousand, whatever the rack is, sold out, and they get mm-hmm. they get that experience as well. And in addition to increasing the the uh, media rights value of instead of having one event that is very highly watched, which is the, the finals, the NCAA finals being the most highly watched thing in wrestling, you now have an additional, at the very least, two hours of programming for a dual national championship. Oh, yeah. So wait. That doesn't have yeah, anything I'm, to do. Yeah, that doesn't. You're just I, you just want a dual national championship. I want I, mean, I want I, a dual national championship because I th- <laughs> because I think it's an easier thing to sell. I think it's an easier thing to sell to okay. fans and administrators I, I, I when they get to host a playoff. I agree with that, but that topic. You're you just like kind of switch completely. Okay, so, but so right, well, hold on. But no, hold on. I I think. Point. Oh, all right, well, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So we're talking about increased increased attendance and and um, interest, and that's part of AD buy-in. Well, another part of AD buy-in is yeah. getting to potentially host a playoff. That was gonna be the next thing that I was getting to. Yeah, um, I, I I don't think I think a lot of sports you don't see this kind of parity. Um, I, I think it's a utopia, and I think it it doesn't. What I are think, you talking about? I think, what other sport do you have eight? We have one team win eight titles in nine years. I mean, college football is—I don't know other sports, so well, maybe not eight of nine. But exactly, there is passing around the trophy. Alabama's in the playoffs every year. I'm not—I'm not debating that. I'm, but th- sometimes they but, do not hold win on. the final thing. Oh, hold on, but to to to, to tie this together, Nimed, you would have to somehow uh, have a health of sport metric tied with the amount of different teams who win titles. You can't just say other, other sports have more winners and then say, well, those sports are then inherently better. I mean, I, I yeah. what I'm saying is I don't think there's correlation between the two. Exactly. I mean, right. There's I'm not, sure there's, there's not, there's some, there's some sports that are, are probably dying that have a lot of different champions. Yes. Right. I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I'm following sports, but and I, don't feel I, like th- I think tied. there's, you're you're exactly right. I mean, the Rutgers is one of many examples you can make of a fired up fan base. I mean, Lockhaven; those people are insane. They know yeah, they know mm-hmm. they're not going to win an NCAA title. But the, what I think wrestling's advantage is there are so many things that can get a fan fired up. Mm-hmm. A cool duel. You don't have to have. It doesn't have to be national duels. Lockhaven versus Rutgers or whatever. That is a huge duel. Lockhaven versus Arizona State. Yeah. Pack the gym. Awesome event. That is great for fans. Being able to get guys on the podium, that is very yeah, galvanizing for fan base. Mm-hmm. Then, okay, so those are the little things. Have a big duel. Get a guy on the podium. 
Okay, now get a couple of guys on the podium in the top ten. That's huge. All right, I mean, do you know how happy I was when when Tech cracked the top ten <laughs> after being one of the worst programs? I was like, that was amazing, right? Yeah. And after all the arguments I had to get in with people about like, oh, the Tech chokes and all this and that. It's like, no, they're actually really, really, really good. And that was that was that was just my personal experience, right, at that time. And there's also. You know, so when you get the top 10, there's so many teams that can be in the top 10. So many. Think, mm-hmm. think of the yeah. variety of teams that have either finished in the top 10 or had the opportunity to. There have been a lot in the last 10 yeah. years. And even we talked about the trophy hunt this year, very or last year, and including this year. There were very legitimately 12 or 13 teams where, like, this is not even hyper- hyperbolic to say this team could win a trophy. Yeah. So I think you can talk about, all right, is it great that the same team does win? But it's not as though, and if we are going to just make it about the top spot, it's not as though Penn State has not had many opportunities to not win. But that's the but, – yeah. but No, hold I, on. Hold on. I'll let you go in the national duels thing. Let me go here. Because – the, 2011, it didn't have to go down that way. 2013, mm. if Alan Gallagher doesn't try to jump over him, if Miles Martin and Bo Nickel doesn't happen, 2014, it, it was a it was a three horse race, right? So there were chances. Yes, they won. Yes, they ended up being better. 2015, they didn't win at all. Um, they they, according to everyone, they would not have won last year. So I think there is the appropriate level of opportunity for. All programs. And yes, what you have to do to get to the top of the top of the top is really, really hard, as it should be. And there's very few programs that can do it. And many of them need to innovate if they want to jump to that next level. But I personally think wrestling has shown, NCAA wrestling, how widespread the success can can be. And there is great parity there. Yeah. So again, I, but I think altogether, if you want to do... A total health of the sport. You would you would do different metrics. You would do amount of spectators at NCAs. You know, duels on average. Amount of spectators at the NCAs, which we were going to have an all time high at the effing football stadium this year. Amount of viewers in duels, which you know BTN put out was double of ever. Um, obviously, UWW is doing a little bit better, but not a great job of promote, promoting their end. And then you would also do some type of participation metric, but. Of all of those that I think more accurately represent the health of the sport, and I think you need to have more than one, right? You put a bunch of them together. How many different teams win the title? I just think, I think, I think is a total separate argument. The last ten but, years, think about the growth wrestling has seen. If if having a, the same champ over an extended period of time was bad for the health of the sport, then we wouldn't have seen. I, th- I think it's two separate things, though. Well, that, but but what you're saying is the health. That's of the what sport I'm saying. Is, I'm, That's what I'm saying. It is two separate things. So so what what I'm saying is the things that we have seen over the past 10 years there've been a lot of factors to that us and just general like flow wrestling specifically and general growth in wrestling media right there are more people I'll give you guys credit cuz it would be weird if you guys gave yourselves credit flow wrestling has but, been but just, a huge factor in there, access there, it's just an access to the sport yes. right Keep okay yeah uh clearly there are it would seem to be there's a better CEO mindset amongst coaches, right? That prioritize the things that that do well, right? Getting fans to duels, selling season tickets, uh, just making their recruiting more interesting and eye catching. So there are things separate from the way that the the end thing is determined that are helping the sport 
go in a positive direction. In my opinion, moving that will also help it in addition to all of the other things going on that Ben was talking about. And because okay. – so, use, again, using Alabama as that example, look at their thing. It's 5 out of 12. 5 out of 12 and 8 out of 9 are drastically different. Yeah, m- maybe, but – How can you not – how well, can you say was, maybe the, another? What's, the, what's five out of twelve? What, what's five, five out of twelve? The Alabama's won national, five out of the last twelve. In five season. out of the last twelve, meaning they oh. have lost. I, they have they have gone in as number one, one multiple sport. times. In That's one sport. For, for, yeah, one forget sport. I used that example. It's, it's oh, irrelevant. But, but the point is, all we've seen is every metric and actually, in wrestling go up and yeah. to the right. But do you think that's because the national championships are a tournament, or do you think it's because media, coaches, all the other things? That is exactly what Christian and I are saying is that the national team national champion for the NCAA Division One tournament is not correlated to the overall health of the sport. That's what yes. we're saying. People yes. love to to I and Nomad, you you ran it against this. Don't make don't try to make health of the sport and use health, raise up health of the sport to align with the thing you just want to happen. I I just don't yeah. I think that is so I, yeah. I understand that, but but, but what I'm saying, doing. I, I, I understand that. But I do think that the single most valuable thing in the sport, which is the NCAA championships, if there is a way to improve that or to increase the number of valuable media rights properties, that should be investigated. Okay. But that, that just says. So what are you going to do? What do you do? Give Penn State less scholarships or something? Well, he's talking well, about. I so- I, yeah, I mean, scholarships is a separate thing. Well, I mean, there's a lot of to, pieces you to want, the pie. You want. You want to investigate ways to create different, artificially create different champions. Now you sound like freaking the UWW with their bullcrap double third place system so they can get frivolous medals to people who don't deserve them. Don't even get me fired up about that. No, I, I think these are uncorrelated. I think that wrestling is in a great spot. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Division One NCAA team champion being the same or being different for a number of years. Do you yeah. think, okay, just yeah. baseline yes or no, do you think it would be better or worse for the sport if the trophy were passed around more, do I get a third option, which I, says I don't think it matters? Because that's where I'm at. Yeah. You don't think it matters at all? No, I I don't. Okay. And I think I think if anything, it could align with d- dynasties are attractive to fans. They are mm-hmm. attractive because they're attractive in both ways. But right? wrestling has dynasties unlike any other sport. Right. Well, I don't know that to be true for sure because we've never. I I hundred percent guarantee you it's true. No sport has had fifteen and twenty one like like Gable. No sport has okay, had okay. eight and nine like like Kale. Well, then let me let me pitch this then. Then if if you're saying that wrestling is the number one, wrestling is not then the most unhealthy sport, right? There are significantly there more more sports at the NCAA Division one level getting cut and having worse participation problems. Men's gymnastics. Um, men's tennis, I believe, uh, men's swimming and diving. You know, we're seeing these releases happen all the time. Correct. What am I forgetting? There's a few other sports. Yeah. But but just as just as you can say, it is again again. This is an opinion thing, so this is this is kind of difficult to prove, and this is why this argument is a bit futile. But just as you can say, it does not impact or it does not help. I firmly believe that it would help us significantly on the other side. Like your your thing is. It ain't broke, don't fix it. I th- my thing is, it isn't necessarily broke, but it still can be improved. It still can be a better product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't know how you're artificially. 
But I don't know how you artificially create a system where you're getting different champions on purpose. Like it's not artificial. It happens, it happens. It's not artificial. It we is art. Well, the eighty five percent of the season is duels. You want, you're saying well, here's here's the bottom line. Oh, no, so man. now you're, you're saying on. now you're saying that there's a duel. Wait, I, I'm so he wants there to be a duel championship. Is that what you're pointing yes. towards? Yes, I think duel should be determined the national champion. I think it'd be better for the sport for the trophy to pass around. I think the NCAA tournament, which is the most valuable thing in wrestling, would lose. Mm, 0.5% of its value if you remove the team aspect from it. And they, all the fans, so, all the things that you talked about, yeah. about Lockhaven galvanizing around uh, a Ronnie Perry or just generally, you know, Chance Marsteller, all the things that they did on the All-American side, on the individual side, the fans would still be able to rally around and still be able to celebrate. Yeah, the um, it's, it's still going to be the same teams with with a dual thing. But that's the point it would actually change hands. It would actually be a more interesting thing if the if it changed hands as opposed to going into the season. There there are times when we go into the season we go that team's going to win. And they don't always win. <laughs> but literally yeah. last year everyone said Penn State was going to win. No yeah, one thought that, that at the end of the year. We I had to go back one year to refute that. Look. Yeah. There's there's a favorite every year, and the favorites usually win. How do you? And also, here's the thing, I I just cannot correlate the health of the sport with no. I want to make adjustments so that the best teams don't win, so that different teams win. I want yeah. to legislate. Basically, you you want you want changes done. Hold on, <laughs> you you I've given. He sounds like UWW Wrestling Christian. Y'all he sounds are, like UWW Nomad. Y'all are paid. so fake with the the meritocracy thing. He's on the take like Tim Foley. No, what do you mean meritocracy? Be- because if you just wanted to do the best team, if you just wanted to do no, the best team. No, don't do the round robin thing again. But that's what it is. If yeah, you just no, want to do the best no, team, no, you just want no, to do the best no, team, there should no, be no, there should no, be like no, 10 programs. No, there should be like 10 no, programs. There should be no, there should be one super league. This this is what you this is what wrestling fans really truly desire. If you're really Cut saying this is what you want, you want the best team, should be 10 teams or like not even 10, it should be like 8 teams and just a constant round robin. Nomad. That's what you want. That's Cut. what you. That's what you really want. You just like the way things are, and you can't imagine is, that there's a potential better way out there. All right, we have that's to, what it is. All right, we're gonna move on. Cut his mic. Because yeah. you are so hey, fake with the that, meritocracy thing, no, though. No, but we're, you, not. That, no we're not. What, yes, what do you, you mean? Are. That, because there who, is a clearly more Chris defined, better way to achieve your desired result, which is you want the best team. What? I didn't uh, say. So I. Okay, now, but see, here's the here's the problem, Nomad. Is what what the f are we arguing about? At first, we're arguing about the health of the sport. Now we're arguing about the way to define the best team. Like, what the freak? What are we arguing about anymore? If we're arguing about, yeah, the the way to determine the best team, yes, I would actually agree. And I have argued with CP that it is duels. I didn't think we were arguing about that. Well, well, it ties in. Well, Ben, <laughs> Ben, hey, hold, hold on, Ben. His point is that duels don't determine the best team and that's why they should determine the team championship that's his argument his argument is the worst bad there, there's the, bad but that that's his point so you guys don't I actually so agree. He, he, no 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 he made no, no, his ben, point and then he counter, and then he countered his own point no no so in 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 order of ways to determine best team right the more data points is more desirable therefore the NCAA tournament if you're looking for if you're looking for close to what you guys desire, which is the meritocracy of determining the best team, which I think is a wholly overrated concept in sports, the NCAA tournament is a far better way to do it than duels. I would argue the whole point of tournaments or competitions is to determine who the best is. Well, why else would we do them? Like, because we, we just want to have fun? But there, go but, full but, but there there are inherent... Um, there are compromises made for the sake of fans, which is why we do line bracketing instead of round robin. 
because it's far easier to follow. It's far more desirable. Because a 32-person round robin is impossible, no, man. That's like effing 900 matches or something. I know, and that's why it wouldn't be 32. It would be far less than 32 because we all acknowledge okay. that 32 is not reasonable for the actual amount yeah. uh, to determine who's we, we best. We got to move on. Yes. We got to move on. Yeah, buddy. Let's uh, go. Next go. topic. We go. Um, hey, Wisconsin. Wisconsin got it done. I don't know what happened. They went from 2 to 13. Uh, two, four, 13 against to 10, 10 to 10 to zero in one day. Um, so it's not for next year, but it is for 20, 2021 slash 2022 women are in for their own state tournament. So that's great. Yeah. How did this happen? Um, no, no. What, what happened? How'd we go from, uh, two and 13 to 10 and oh, so the, so the, the thing I got last night, the advisory council was what voted on Tuesday, today's Thursday on Tuesday. The board of control is what voted yesterday, and the board of control is far more powerful um, in terms of, as Ben says, the bureaucracy of the WIAA. And one thing that apparently was a sticking point was, and, and if you go through uh, our man Corey Condert, he had uh, the reporter go through. Did you read that thread, Ben, of the guy I, explaining? I, I, yeah, uh-huh. I glanced through it. So they were really sticking on the point of, well, we need 5% participation. And what what these people who are five percent of the teams in Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was told there's approximately five hundred and eleven schools in Wisconsin. Does that sound right, Ben? Uh, not not that wrestle, but there's no, no, just high schools. schools, high schools. I think it's like yeah, three hundred sixty that wrestle. Yeah, yeah. So they wanted five percent participation among all high schools, and there were a few people saying, "Well, none of them have girls specific wrestling programs." And the various people in Wisconsin were like, well, of course not. That's the whole point of why we're trying to get to do this. And mm-hmm. they used the the uh, the w- WWCA, the Wisconsin Coaches, Coaches Association tournament. They said there were 49 schools involved. They mm-hmm. said they had a petition for 120 schools pledging uh, pledging to create women's wrestling if, if it happened. And then uh, let's see. 141 of 337 of all schools who sponsor wrestling have a female rostered, and 99% of How many schools was that, who no sponsor man? 141 out of 337 of all schools who sponsor wrestling have a female rostered. That's 42%. They also did a survey. 99% of all schools who sponsor wrestling have competed against a female. So when you narrowly define the 5% as schools that have a separate specific girls wrestling program, of course you're not going to have 5%. But when you look at the actual numbers of interest, it is well beyond that. And in every other state that has sanctioned it, they used uh, Missouri as an example, the, the number jumped like hundreds of young women from not sanctioned to just kind of being they were on the boys roster they had their own separate thing to it being a sanctioned sport yeah yeah cool. so it's good it's good that they got done i i think it's almost embarrassing though that whatever committees on tuesday are like i i guess we don't matter <laughs> i guess no one gives a damn about us i mean why why would you have them vote on tuesday and have the other people on wednesday put them in their place and and there were other things so um like I was told the, the state tournament, the WIA state tournament in wrestling is profitable, 
right? Much like yes. the NCAA wrestling tournament, right? It's one of the few things. It's one of the few WIA sports where the the end thing, state tournament, is profitable. So there was concern uh, about that, but they provide them the information from the WWCA girl state, and mm-hmm. they said in three years they doubled their revenue, and so there would be little little financial impact on the negative, and almost definitely financial impact on the positive. Uh, if this were added to the, the the sports curriculum for Wisconsin, yes. All right. Well, glad that change was made. Uh, one, we were making our way through all the weight classes, and then making our way downtown. Down, we were walking fast, and now we got to ninety seven, then or to two eighty five, and then we stopped because we had actual wrestling news. But we're gonna pick it back up with two hundred eighty five pounds. Take care of the big boys here. And uh, discuss. Why is there a picture of Steve Mako when I click the rankings? He, is he coming back, Christian? Uh, maybe, but I don't think uh, that's <laughs> Wait, what I don't think he's supposed to. I don't think uh, supposed on to the dock, on the dock. I I like you know I I glance over the rankings and a picture of Steve Mako comes up. I don't know why that is. Oh, it's you for the twenty four seven. No, I see it. I see it. I don't know why. Okay. Okay. Um, but what if Steve Mako is making a comeback, Christian? What if he is? Eligibility. That is weird. What anyway. if he did? That would be wild. I hope. Uh, I hope he does. Do you have a good Steve Mako story, Ben? Seems like um, you should. Seems like I should, doesn't it? You were on the Olympics together. No. You probably ran together a lot in Olympic training. I think he was like the only guy I beat. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I love that it was a maybe. I maybe beat Steve Mako in running races. I think I think I probably beat him, but I'm not entirely I get a 40 sure. yard dash. That would have been a lot more interesting. I, I'm sure. Well, I, I would not have beat him in the 40. No, <laughs> wasn't he kind of fast? That's what I'm saying. He's he played fast. football. He's kind of fast. Yeah, he's kind of. Yeah, fast. I would not beat him. He's kind of fast. Uh, oh my gosh! Nothing comes to mind, but yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, I remember at least at that at that point in time. Um, you know, everyone was scared of Steve Mako because he was so intimidating. And just as a person, he was so much different than he was as a competitor. So yeah. that was kind of, you know, my whole take on that. What if uh, Steve Mako wrestled right now and, like, his starting his college, he was a college freshman and had that same demeanor and mystique. What do you think it would uh, – what would the fanfare be like for Steve? I think it would be way – I mean, Steve Mako was one of the – what was it? All time most talked about people, right? Is that is that fair? Yeah. I mean, you were message board nerd, Christian. Yeah. There were there were threads of Mako ever the thread. It was like Mako space, Mako space, right? It was everywhere. Yes, all over the place. Yeah. He was yeah, probably pe- the people biggest high recruit of all time. Yeah, he's up there. Definitely. Yeah, he was definitely a, up there. He was a can't miss. You know, and for it, sure. It's hard because there's like kind of two different eras, right? Just like. Pre-internet, and then you know you have your world champions now. Zahid Hall, really Gable, Spencer, like that, like that crop that came along with a lot yeah. more exposure. But at, at the time, relative to it, you'd have to say Mako. The last five years, Nomad, I can as, tell. Yeah, I was gonna Ben. You, you maybe you have some wisdom here as well. But the last five years in recruiting, would you say at the at the highest end, there's less combustibility in terms of the top? Tennish maybe because of how high school wrestling is and that they're trying to make world teams and you just have a lot more data points. Would you say it's a lot more? Because I think back to some classes where it's like, oh my gosh, this entire top 10 didn't pan out. 
Not one of them. Yeah, it, you know, it would be interesting to do uh, an actual like study on that, where you actually take, you know, how good they were. Maybe, maybe you t- take total total NCAA team points scored by the top ten, or something, something mm-hmm. to that, where you could actually map, you know, not just not just your feelings, but you could actually map how they did. Um, and I mean, I what I would say to that is just that because there are more data points for high school kids, you can actually more accurately accurate, uh, accurately reflect what the real top 10 is. I mean, if we're talking my, Christian, my my era of high school, which I'm not all that old, how many data points are you going to have to act, to map the top 10? Fargo? Yeah, and so even if, the rankers... And even if there are data points, you they're not just like somewhere to be found. You have to like have the printout of the yeah. bracket, right? So the rankers are going to get them wrong. So that's the other thing to talk about is the rankings. The rankers are way more likely to get it right now than they were 20 years ago. I mean, 20 years ago, every ranker is not going to be at every tournament. They're not going to be able to see guys on video. They're going to have a hard time finding results. And so, you know, is there some guy at 32 that should really be at nine? Well, there's a decent chance of that. Yeah. And so I think that's something that you'd have to reflect on also is that, Maybe the right guys aren't in the right spots. Yeah, for for sure, it's it's not an exact science, but I I feel like it's probably a lot closer. And the the rankings when when you're doing them, you know, think of like 2012 recruiting class rankings. They're not necessarily wrong in terms of like what the kids actually had proven. There's just I think there was just less um, less I don't know if opportunities were or or the the culture around high school wrestling was just different. But it's not like, you know, you think back to like Bryce Brill or Fox Baldwin. It's like, you know, those guys were really good and maybe earned their earned their rankings and where they were. But then there wasn't quite enough to really show how they actually stack up, which they maybe didn't compete as much against other good guys. So data points is definitely a big thing because when you add in when you add in cadet worlds, I mean the percentage of talent that congregates at that event. We're talking about is, UWW cadets. Trials. Yes. yes. Yeah, I agree. The percentage of high-level kids that congregates at that event is so high, right? And so... And Super 32 also. That was going to be the next one, right? Yeah. The percentage mm-hmm. of kids that, that congregated those two events is so high. And then kind of the tier below that... Iron Man largely just because of state rules, and then Fargo just because you, you basically extract all of the cadet world teamers. Um, mm-hmm. When when you kind of can formalize, okay, these are the most important events, and they're on video, and the rankers are actually going to see them, it is, it is just so much easier. I also think there's just more information on the kids. Like, I think... Talking to the parents of 2022 and 2023 athletes over the past few weeks, they are so much better informed about what it takes to be good. Like yeah, the whole that's, family that's, is that's bought strong, in though. on you can't be you can't just be good at wrestling. Like your grades have yeah. to be good. You can't be a knucklehead. And so I yeah, think there's a, there's more of that. Jason Bryant's in the Facebook chat, and obviously he he's been ranked for a long time. You know, he, he said the same thing. Recruiting class, he said recruiting class rankings are also taking into account the academic situation. Uh, gone are the days of super good kids who won't qualify academically, populate the top ten as much. And I, I think that's totally true. That's what you just said, Domet. I agree. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, to the to those data points, I think of I think I got ranked. The highest I ever got ranked in my weight class in high school was third. But I only went to, I mean, I guess I went to UWW Cadets, but it wasn't really a thing. I didn't go to UWW Juniors the one year um, because I think I might have been too young. And so I really only went to I went to Fargo and Junior Duels, and that that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like junior duels, it's a dual thing. So there's no guarantee you're going to match up with the best guys. And obviously Fargo, um, I, I did, rel- I took fourth my junior year when I, when I moved up in the rankings. Um, but that was it. So yeah, there are less data points. And so there will be uh, more anomalies and finishes, right? Can a guy catch a pin and get lucky and place way higher at Fargo? And then that makes him shoot way up the rankings. Yeah, that, that can definitely happen, especially if they're from say a state, maybe out West, which doesn't compete all that much um at the national you know at more national level competitions i think also with the freestyle thing so you have so there are two things with the video right number one you can see when a kid wins because of like gut wrenches or you know crotch locks like things yeah. that things that don't translate into folk style yeah um so you, like coaches can have that discernibility and then number two the video yeah. itself also i just think there was and you guys can correct me because you're a little older than me I just think there was less data on freestyle. And so the few kids that had access to like a high level coach or like a, a really good state organization, we're just going to do yeah. better in Fargo. Uh, even though there were kids from other states who could have been good had they had access to technique, mm-hmm. to high level coaching, to camps, yeah. whatever, whatever that they have access to now that they didn't before. Yeah. I remember Gregor Gillespie got, uh, I, I was watching him. I coached the kid. It was Craig Henning who actually ended up making the NCAA finals also, but Gregor Gillespie got teched and it was like, he was in all good shots and he just got dumped or whatever, you know, and then Craig got on top and he gutted him a few times. And it was like, okay, if you're not there watching, cause there's no video, like you can't go to the internet and find video of this match. Right. So if you, if you're not there watching, you think, oh damn, he got beat 11 zero. Right. Which could be five single legs, but it wasn't, it was, I think, you know, three dumps and a couple gut wrenches or something like that. And it's like, so if you're, if you're saying, oh man, this guy's terrible. He's got killed by that guy. But then you might be saying, oh, I was saying, oh, man, he's kind of good. He just he has no idea how to do freestyle. I mean, that's what I was thinking. And then last point on this, and we can actually get to the, the 285, but I think the rankers have a much better understanding of um, floor for the highest ranked guys now. And it is more predictive. Like, if you look back, and you look at the ones that were highly ranked that didn't do well, you you had a better idea. Like, this ranking is based on talent. There are these red flags. You mean like behaviorally or mm-hmm. grade-wise is what you were saying? Yes. Hmm. So you're, you're also saying now with – I mean, so I guess what you'd be saying then is also either – with social media, people have better access to what people are like in their personal lives. Or you're saying that because these kids have access to social media, they're seeing what David Taylor and Jordan Burroughs and Jaden Cox, what they're actually like. And Jordan Ta- Jordan Burroughs and, and Jaden Cox and David Taylor aren't going out and partying every weekend and not doing their homework. Both. Right? Okay, both. You know what else I'll say is I think maybe to get to the level that they get to, to get that high of a ranking – a lot maybe you could you could dispute this if you want Ben but i think to get to that level a lot of the kids have to have pretty disciplined lives to do that whereas maybe that yeah, wasn't the case I, 10, I don't think that was the case 10 years ago 
Oh, I, I agree. I agree fully with that. I mean, what is what is happening in high school wrestling is different than ever before. People are putting in more time. I mean, I know one thing that was talked about at WWF Fargo camp is like in in my era, and then I coached a few years after with Max. Like, you know, kids would not train and they would show up, and so it was like the camp was like get get these guys in shape to go wrestle in Fargo, and then stop them from sneaking out at night. And I remember they, the coaches were having this discussion, and I'm like, guys. The guys I coach, they're here to freaking wrestle. We've been training all summer for this. They don't need to get in shape. Stop stop, stop trying to make them work so hard at camp. They yeah. don't need it. They're in shape. Yeah. They're ready to wrestle. We have three days of the competition. Stop trying to grind them. Please, yeah. we're ready. And if, if, those, if there are guys who have not been training, forget them. That's their fault. Too late. It's <laughs> too yeah. late. Yeah. yeah. Why are we getting them in we're shape? We're two weeks out here. Yeah. That's, that's no, 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 we're not two weeks. We're like three days or four days out. No, man, like, we're, we're like right there. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. and they're trying to. Right yeah. Yeah, I, I got pissed one day because uh, one year because they tried making him do. A, I, the bus was full. I rode with uh, Keegan's dad, Brian. Um, and we worked out this morning and they said there'll be no other workouts. We, so we worked out in the morning. And so I said, all my guys get on weight, stay on weight. Don't eat anything. You weigh in, you know, at 5 PM or whatever. And they, they get the bus there and I get to the hotel and the bus isn't there. I'm like, well, where's everyone at? Oh, they're making us work out again. I'm like, what? Why are we working out again? I told all my, you said, you told me this was the only workout. All the guys that I'm coaching are on weight. Why are we having them work out again? This, this couldn't be stupider. That's like, weird. stop. Yeah. So yes, kids, kids today, and not just the kids I coach, but kids uh, across the board. Uh, and this is, I always laugh. Some, some, you know, old people want to run this gimmick that oh, I'm sure old people have been running for 2000 years. <laughs> kids today are different. Yeah. Kids, I'm like, dude, kids today are way, way better than when I was in high school. They're, they're partying less. They're drinking less. They're smoking less. They're having less uh, premarital intercourse. They're doing all those things less. The statistics, the statistics prove that. You can go look that up if you want to. Kids today are better than when I was in high school. They're definitely better than when Nomad was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you're younger, you're younger than me, Nomad. No, no, you're younger. I forgot. Shoot. Nomad's 46 years old. Yeah, I look great. <laughs> hey, I, I always do think it. I'm so young for some reason. Darn it. I do have one final question on this. And this is like a... Uh, the holistic question or whatever. Okay, when you have information or you feel you have pretty good information that there are, like, a lot of red flags on a kid, mm -hmm. but there is not a lot of, like, losses to drop them in the rankings, should you do it, acknowledging that you may not have the same information about, say, three other guys in the top ten who have the same or greater level of red flags who also mm -hmm. should be dropped? Well, well uh, rankings, no. Big question. I'm talking yeah. big board. I'm yeah. talking big board. Big board, yeah. Big board is your judgment on how you think they're going to translate the next level, not what they've necessarily done. So, yes, you should move them on the big board if because that's your overall assessment, right? But you understand what I'm saying as far as mm -hmm. you're making a character judgment necessarily without having the same inf same level of knowledge on yeah. all of the other kids. Yeah. But sure, you it's tricky. you got to make the judgment based on – it is tricky, obviously, but you you got to go with what you got. You got, you know, you can, you can't get everything, so you got to go with what you got. Yeah, like, like, basically, unnecessarily, maybe not unnecessarily, but there's a fine line between like smearing a kid and 
doing it just because yes. you know when yeah, there's now, other kids you may not know about. I, I think it'd be very inappropriate to get into particulars about a kid like that. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But, but but that's part of the problem, right, is you go, okay, why am I 18th? This Fargo champ is like, you know, he's won all these things. He's 67th, right? Because so, there is yeah, that justification that. that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there, can't there's... can't move that part down. No, you can't get... But there's also has to be that acknowledgement, no, man. And this is the other one where, listen, I, I'm like, very few people can claim to have lived as clean of a life as me. I've never drank still. I've only ingested uh, uh, bad substances once, and it was by accident because someone <laughs> fed me a pot brownie, which was totally against my knowledge. I thought I was eating a protein bar. So I've never done any of that stuff. I, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> as no, clean as it gets. You're a marijuana user. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? So, oh, uh, I thought the CIA had been under mind control, Christian. I had no idea what was going on. It was really? terrible. Did it freak it was, you out? Oh, it was, it, oh my God. Uh, it was so bad. Yeah. Well, we you did, that. I will let me let me, okay. let me make my point. Let me make we'll my point and then I can tell you the story. We can circle back if you want. So you never heard the story? You know, there there's some people that'll say, Oh my god, he does this or he does that. He can't be successful. You but you can't not acknowledge there are guys who achieve at the highest levels who party their butt off. Yes. That happens. Yes. You know, listen, it's not all the time, but it does It does happen. So mm -hmm. there are certain guys, if you said in high school, well, I heard this dude parties, I got to move him down. Well, that dude, that dude still won a bunch of national titles. So I'm not advocating for that lifestyle, but I am saying you need to acknowledge that there are people who can be successful while doing that also. And not acknowledging that is totally disingenuous. Yes. Because maybe yes. what part of their secret is they've learned how to – they prioritize wrestling well enough that they're like, okay, I can be real, really good at wrestling. I can still do this, and I can compensate. Now we're getting into the, back into the Michael Jordan conversation. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. thinking. Uh, I was so thinking. mad at you for that. He did. He oh, partied. man. Yeah. That, it does not help to smoke and drink, but it can be overcome. Um, yes. Okay. So ben the ben has lived the, the cleanest life. Oh, ben yeah. Tell the story. Tell the story. Almost the cleanest life. So I, I'm not going to implicate anybody. Almost. Well, I did also one time get high off uh, glue fumes when I was putting up mats in my, in my basement. Wow. Uh, accidentally, which is also a fairly funny story. But the one time, yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I asked – I asked someone, oh, it was terrible, Nomad. I was like slurring. I was crawling around in the grass. It was terrible. Um, With the fumes? I, yeah, it was bad. I struck Dude. a few people, and I thought it was the most funny thing ever. You did like, what to a aggressive. few people? I, I hit them. I hit them. You know, because like, and I, I was like laughing. I thought it was funny because, you know, I'm like pretty combative. <laughs> uh, um, um, yeah, so I, I uh, you know, I asked someone, what said subject was and they said oh it's a it's a protein bar or i can't remember exactly what they said oh cool so I, I you know i took i ate it um and then i had left and me and my wife went home and i started feeling really strange and i was on the couch and you know we watched a movie and then after the movie i'm like hey amy i have to tell you something i don't know what's up right now i i've been trying to think i didn't get hit today or anything so i don't think i have a concussion but i'm feeling kind of slightly concussed and, you know, if, if the CIA has me under my control, just, you know, remind, remind everyone that I was a good person while I lived. And I think the CIA has got me under my control. No. If I do anything bad, it's not me. It's the CIA. 
had, so we had we had this discussion. And oh, she's poor like, Amy. What's no. she saying? <laughs> she's like, see, I didn't have you under my control. Maybe it's food poisoning. And we went through all the things I ate, and I had forgotten about this one thing that I eat. Right, I totally forgot about it. I didn't even bring it up. And so, you know, oh no, we ate dinner together. We ate lunch together. You know, we ate this relatively the same things. You can't be food poisoned. Um, you could be concussed. You didn't. You didn't. You know, you didn't do any sparring today. They can't be that. So I remember, you know, I was just totally puzzled, and I was still convinced I was under CIA mind control. And then yeah. I went to bed. Um, try going to bed, and I just remember thinking, like, I hope when I wake up, the CIA doesn't have under mind control. So, and then, like, we were going through it, and we were going, and then I just couldn't go to sleep, you know. And I'm like, "Oh my god, oh my, what about that one thing I ate?" And I called said person. I'm like, "Dude, what was that?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, the, the, so someone else had told me it was the wrong thing. Oh, but it wasn't like, their yeah, thing. Yeah, it wasn't their thing. Oh yeah, that was a pot brownie. I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> yeah." And then. Oh this gosh. was uh, this was when Kyle Dake wouldn't wrestle me for for Aegon. This is that far back. This is, and he didn't I want remember, to wrestle a drug user. Ever <laughs> <laughs> I, I called him one and I was I was like it was like one in the morning. I was calling people, harassing them about how Kyle Dake wouldn't wrestle me and how he was a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great story. Yeah, it was that, terrible. That's the thing about about those men. You can't. You, you can't tell oh, someone go. there's something else because they're expecting a certain experience and they get this whole other thing. Yeah, and I you didn't can, know what I thought I had a I thought I had a protein bar. It was, it was oh it was so bad. You can go to sleep and wake up still high. high. Apparently mm -hmm. so. Wow. Yeah, so. Which would have been very funny because Ben would have been like, I'm still under CIA mind control. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um okay. great segue to heavyweights. <laughs> um so the heavyweights. So the heavyweights. I don't know how that happened, but um, but, yeah, we, that's that's we the, started the, talking about Steve Mako, and then recruiting, and then something, and then something, and then something, and then yeah. It's just been it's just been a week. You had me back. I haven't yeah. talked to a lot of people. I had to take the gloves off. Yeah, please. And, and you guys were obliged. So yeah, we were – you know at the end of some rounds of MMA fights where it's just like both guys are like, all right, last 10 seconds, I'm only punching and just <laughs> boom, 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 not even trying to block. It's kind of like that. Um, but, uh, but we have been so deprived of those, no, Christian, because, oh, of, the, because those. of quarantine. I thought you were about to get back into yeah. it. No, no, no. I'm saying we've been so deprived of those because of quarantine. We haven't had – we haven't – like we got to shake the rust out. Yeah. You know, and good. have our little have our little tussles. Tussles, uh, you know, guy stuff. All right, number one. So we're going to get into heavyweight. Very good weight <laughs> class. I'm excited for this weight class. Um, I'll give you the quick rundown of the top ten, and then we can go. Gable Stevenson, Mason Paris, Tony Cassiope, Matt Stencil, Trent Hilger, Jordan Wood, Yaroslav Slavikuski, Tate Orndorff, slash Gastank Gary. Gannon Gremmel, yeah, Zach no, no, that that's disingenuous of you, CP, because you advocate for Gaston Gary, and then you're gonna put Tate Orndorff in the rankings. I no longer do the D1 rankings, uh, Benjamin. Those are the responsibility. Spay, of my, Spay and Bray, Spay and Bray combo. CP's name is off the rankings. 
Yep, I asked for uh, them to be off. Bray was uh, inducted into the Rankers Guild on an episode of Who's Number One on the Show. He's, he swore a blood oath. So he's in. It's it's their, <laughs> it's their copy thing of the now. VHS reversal. Yes. So <laughs> that happened. So that's the top ten. But a couple names outside the top ten that we should have our eye on is one Gregory Kirkfleet. Mm-hmm. He is very very good. I think we all know that he has a probably very high upside at hey, this weight class. Go ahead. The other one here, Louis Fernandez. Didn't Louis Fernandez pin Yaroslav Sluvaskowski? <laughs> I messed that up so bad. You're Whatever not that his damn far name off. is. Slavikowski. Um, yes, he did. So he should be, we should move him up. Because I don't think Louis Fernandez lost. Did he? Let's look. The gray shirts are often <clears throat> difficult to find. No, he lost. He lost to Demetrius Thomas, Gannon Grimmel, Gas Tank Gary. <laughs> um, yeah, so he had some losses. Oh, oh, oh he did. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's still saw. He had has 26 and 4 last year. It's good. He lost to Kirk. He lost to Kirkfleet. Um, also. Okay. So that's probably that could maybe explain it. But yeah, the Slavikuski win is it's definitely nice. At the Bearcat Open. So he's in there. And then looking at the redshirt report for heavyweight, we've got Greg, Luis Fernandez, as we mentioned. Zach Elam comes in. A.J. Nevels, maybe. But also, where's Colton Schultz? I don't know why. What? He's not in the, he's yeah, not in the, red, he's not in the redshirt report. Why not? Why not? Someone, someone messed is up. He going, Olo- Andrew Spade. No, is, mm. is he going Olympic gear again? What if he goes Olympic gear again? No, I think Spade's whiffed. Just a, just a whiff. It oh, he's going to get mad. He's going to get big mad. Spade's the best. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, but this one's unforgivable. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately for him. But yeah, Colton Schultz. Now, Colton Schultz did not have a great, uh, amazing retro. He was fine. He only lost one match, right? I thought he had, but it was a really... Um, all right, it was now, someone not very good. It was, it was sort of random. I'll, he's, but he, I'll look he it didn't, up. He didn't beat anyone really of note, um, but I think we all know Colton Schultz is going to be really good. Heavyweight's tricky too. I mean, there is such a big. He th- lost to AJ Nevels, and he didn't really beat anybody of note. Yeah, so yeah, that, that'll do it. That was really his only opportunity against a ranked guy, and mm-hmm. he didn't beat yeah. him. But I, I don't care. I still think he's going to be I, good. I think we're in a renaissance uh, of the heavyweight division. I mean, when I look at this thing, oh, my gosh, there's so many really high-level guys here. Um, and when I feel, feel like the last 10 years, I feel like right now we have uh, a higher level of skill at heavyweight than in, in a very long time. Um, and then the other thing I, I reflect on what we were just talking about, a few guys on here um, – may have off off the mat issues or rumors of said issues and I still would have recruited him hundred percent. Yeah. What do you um when you look at this heavyweight class, how many guys do you think can win a title next year? I think I've got three. Well, who you're gonna say Paris Stevenson and you're gonna say Kirkfoot. Yes. Yeah. I mean I still will say someone's got to knock Gable off to prove otherwise to me. Um, and in, until someone does so, 
it's you know he's kind of like for me he's tier one mm-hmm. everyone else is is below until someone knocks him off if someone knocks him off my mind has changed but until that happens that's how i feel about it okay i can get with that the thing with gable so <clears throat> when i was like when when we were doing um you know big boards and and when i went to the the kirkfleet gable match for me, what became apparent is, as far as all these guys, I don't know how many of them are ever going to be able to beat Gable in freestyle as long as Gable does freestyle. I just have a, a very, very, very high level of respect for Gable's freestyle. But the way he lost to Kassar was on the mat. Mm-hmm. And if there is a game plan for it, Kirkfleet, I think, is the closest one that's going to be able to get to that. So you well, get on top? Man, that's, that's- – well, it's not so much about Kirkfleet's level on top, which I think is it's going to be slightly mitigated by the fact that Penn State Room is going to make it very good on top. I just think that is where Gable has – if there's anyone but, that can beat Gable, that is where they're going to do it. But I but think no only man, a certain no level of caliber people like Kirkfleet are able to do it. No, man. Hilger, Cassiope, and Paris all are, are very good on top, none of whom have been able to really ride Gable. I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that is the one path to victory. Oh, okay, got it, got it. And you, how long did Cass, how long did Kassar wrestle or ride Gable for? I guess I didn't really remember that. Uh, the one he before. definitely got riding time. Okay, and I think it was NCAA's. Okay, that's yeah. how he won. It was riding it was, time. It was like okay. literally. It, it was, was like either, one. It was like a minute. Minute. It was like highly debated if. Anthony actually did have riding time. It was like he should have got the escape oh, at this point, yeah, not this point. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, that, yes, yes. Yep. I remember. I'm gonna see if they have the exact amount. Yeah, it was like right out it was right at one minute and they said it should have been fifty seven or fifty eight or something, right? Or maybe it was one oh one. It was it was it's listed as one oh two. Yeah. So that's close. But that's what I'm saying though. He beat him four to three. I think I think the the other way to you beat Gable is it's like slow down the first period, make it about third period wrestling, and hope it you can sneak a takedown right. Um, yeah, or sneak a yeah, takedown. Yeah, you're not going to blow them out of the water. His defense is too good. Yes, you got to keep is, it closer and hope. Which is how Kassar did it. Gable's three points that match, stalling point, escape, escape. Mm-hmm. But and then Kassar got a takedown riding time now, but that's but see that's what I'm saying Ben like, yes I agree all those guys are really good on top you still have to be a certain caliber to beat Abel and I think right now Kirkfleet is the only one that can get to that level, but Paris is probably second yeah. on that list. Yeah, we'll see. That's fair. I, I think I think. Gable and Mason never wrestled their freshman year, right? Or uh, Mason's freshman year. Correct? I don't remember them wrestling until no. till then. Big Tens. Right, they wrestled dual this year. Right. It was kind mm-hmm. of one of the, a weird thing mm-hmm. that they never hit. But you just think about the jumps Mason made in a year. If he can make so crazy 25% of that jump mm-hmm. in a year, it's going to be – it'll be interesting. And – I just think his his style, what makes him so great, is what's gonna always hurt him against Gable. Is he's so aggressive, yes. he's so mm-hmm. offensive, mm-hmm. he's so shoot, shoot, shoot and against 
mean, one of the best reattacking heavies we've seen. Like, he's up there. Yes. I mean, I think he's number one. He might be. He, he very Who's well better? Might be. Who's better? And that goes back to, I mean, you remember how he won his first cadet world title? It yeah. was all bring the guy to him. Yeah. Go behind stuff. We should see Kirkfleet Paris next year. Hopefully. Because they didn't Hopefully. wrestle. So Big Ten take a year off and then home and home. So I don't know if it'll be at Rec Hall or, or Michigan, but they should be that should be on the Big Ten schedule this year for Penn State. Nice. Here's hoping that the schedules don't get turned into some regional competition and which is that's mm-hmm. what like that's what's speculated, but nothing nothing known yet. But do you think that would hurt non conference more than conference though? Uh yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like I like I still think the Big Ten and maybe I'm wrong. I still think the Big Ten would most likely in all the conferences would most likely yeah, still hold their I think Wisconsin's deal was they, they can't fly to any non conference thing. So they could still do the conference duels. Well, I was told by uh, D3 coach last night that right now they're looking at no overnight trips. Wow. Wow. Which, that yeah, makes tournaments impossible. It do. Well, no, it, it would be all, it would be all locals, you know. It would be, you'd essentially have to wrestle against the same people over and over and over again. Like Wisconsin, say we have nine Division threes, and there's a couple in Iowa, and there's a couple in Minnesota, uh, a couple in Illinois. You're going to wrestle, you know, open tournaments essentially against the same 15 to 20 teams, you leave at 6 a.m., you wrestle at 10, you're done at 5, and then you go home, right? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, okay. That's the heavyweight class. I'm not sure what else there is to get into specifically right now. Do you have any bold predictions, uh, Benjamin? No. I, 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 like I said, I think Gable's on top until someone proves otherwise. Um, and I stand by my statement of, I think this is, when you look at this the skill level and kind of how deep it goes, um, you know, you have uh, uh, UWW World Silver Medalist at 10. You have a UWW World Silver Medalist at 14. Uh, I talked about how good I thought Louis Fernandez was at 16. I mean, th- this field goes deep. Colton Schultz made Final X. I know it was Greco, but still, yeah. you have to be a very high-caliber wrestler to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay. Heavyweight's going to be fun next year. Looking forward to it. I'm excited to see Elam back. Yeah. Elam's tough. He's going to be good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's go to some uh, questions from friends because it's 921, and we had a lot of good ones, so I, wanna, I don't want to miss them. First <laughs> one from D. Eugene Fisher. Which wrestling moment made you cry either tears of joy or agony? Uh, are we talking about like our personal? Or are we talking? What are we talking about here? I don't know. Wrestling moment. Yeah, for me, my my. I mean, mine was unfortunate on camera, but <laughs> when my brother won a national title, uh, and Martin interviewed me afterwards, broke down a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I didn't think. I thought that was awesome, actually. Yeah, I thought that was That's, great. I see no issues there. Well, okay. Well, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, man. Coaching for me, definitely, I would just, uh, I'm just sort of an emotional person in general, which maybe you probably realize, but um, I I remember a few times before the state tournament, just getting like so 
so nervous and like overwhelmed with emotion, just kind of like breaking down a little bit kind of privately um, before and just like gathering myself and then going out. I mean, it's just like, I, it's so weird. I mean, I, I know it's Virginia state tournament, but for me, so much of my thought for the last years were just all towards these moments for these kids. And mm-hmm. at one point, my brother, it was just, it, it just overwhelmed me. I just wasn't, I wasn't so seasoned a coach that I just had done it so many times. It's like, you know, I coached five or six years or however long it was. And I still like those emotions were too much for me to like hold back. And I just had thought when you thought, think about a moment so much and you want something so badly and you don't know how it's going to go. Sometimes you just don't know what, what's going to happen. So that happened to me on several occasions. Um, coaching coaching high school guys you talking like morning of like as yeah. everything's getting morning of weigh-ins are done and now i'm just waiting and the, the moment is coming and i know it's coming soon and i'm just gonna know everything or like day two when the semis are coming it's like man all these kids want is to wrestle in the state finals and have the chance to be a state champion and mm-hmm. you just been working with these guys so intensely for years and year round and it would just like just take over my soul for a little bit there, and I have to like get it together, and it'd be fine. But that would happen to me. Did you have any? Did you have any way to get through it? Um, what do you mean? I mean, like, did you call somebody? Did you just? Did no. you just like? No, I muscle talk- through it. Did you like chant? Like what? What? No, I just you know just break down a little bit, talk to yourself, a little self talk, and um, focus on like. All right, what do I need to do for these guys? And then just do that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, just just deal with it. Didn't talk to anyone about it till now. <laughs> <laughs> no tears of joy. Not being able to wrestle state tournament my senior year. Bad, that that bad, had to be bad. 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 Yeah, you got you got hammered in a smoothie king. <laughs> I smelled like a brewery the second day of states. He got hammered in a Smoothie King when he couldn't wrestle at States. That would be freaking brutal. I, be really I was t- my That's probably the maddest my brother's ever been at me. I was p- poor example of a teammate that day. Missed my teammates win. Two teammates win state titles. Best finish we'd had in, in a few years. Oh, I was miserable and selfish. Well, you learned. Now you won't do that. Next time, you won't. Okay. This I don't know Maybe. why we got we got all these emotional questions. Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah. The next one. I don't know. I don't know why people are like, you know, let's break them on a Thursday. See what we can do. Uh, Corey, Corey Cunder, We've all failed at times in our life. Uh, speak for yourself, Corey. Just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to make that. <laughs> joke. Cold plate just to make, make that joke. <laughs> uh, uh, some more than others. Oh, that's actually me. Uh, how has failure affected your life? Has failure helped you move closer to success? This can be specific to wrestling or more broad towards life. Um, I don't want to put on advertisement here, Christian, but I'm actually decided to do uh, like uh, I've done mental Mondays for five years now, and I'm doing I'm gonna start doing mental courses, and my first one is actually on failure. Right and how, mm-hmm. and how to deal with it and how to think about it and I'm actually taping it next Monday, <laughs> so it's funny that he asked this question. I will uh, do the whole thing right now. Give us the entire course. But, well, you know what? I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you the most important. The most important piece. Um, and the, the course is going to be very long, so I won't be able to do it right now. Um, 
I think a lot of people tie ego to outcome. And this could this could be this can be I, I see this a lot in political debates um, where someone can't admit they're wrong because if they admit they're wrong that they think they're a dumb dumb or they think it makes them look really bad. Um, the same thing obviously happens a lot in wrestling competitions where with kids who they think if they lose, people will think less of them or you know their dad's not going to like them or the coach will be mad at them. It's like it, it's just a wrestling match and and kids who. Uh, any anywhere anyone who builds it up to be more than it really is generally has um, a not as positive experience towards that thing, and so that you know in this in the one moment it leads to more negative performances. Over the long term, it leads to not not nearly as much growth. So that would you know that's kind of one of the pieces of it is that stop tying your ego to the outcome because it's irrelevant. Um, you know, like my Masvidal fight, do I, I got, I, I have one guy for 10 years and then I, I make one mistake and then all of a sudden I have to think differently of myself. No, that, that's effing stupid. I'm not, I refuse to do that. So I think stop tying your ego to your outcome. The outcome is, is a huge one. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't, um, <clears throat> that reminds, I remember when, um, who, I think it was after Metcalf lost, lost to Caldwell and it, he gave that interview, and I don't know if it was in this interview or not, but right after, there's 30 cameras in Brent's face talking about it. And I, to this day, it's one of the most – I found it to be a really impressive, very impressive interview. But I think the, the question that was being asked of him was something of like, what would you do differently or how could you have changed this or what have you done? And in, for him in that moment, to, he basically said, he's like, you don't just – Say, take one match and say, "All right, we'll throw it up. Let's let's change it up." Or maybe this was even Tom Brands talking about this. But like, you don't just throw out the playbook because you lost a match. It's like, no, the mm-hmm. things you did made sense and were were right. Just in this one match, it didn't work out. And not that you don't look back and maybe evaluate, but you don't say, "Oh, I should have done this differently. I should have done that differently." Because um, you tie so, it to one thing. So uh, on on that point, so with the, the course I'm doing. Hell, I'm gonna give it all away for free. Apparently, <laughs> um, so the the first portion of it is how, how to think about the failure. The second thing is how to how how to what are you gonna do with the failure? And I think yeah. so. I think this there's three things. Number one, and this is what this one I think is overvalued and done more is you can dig in and you can work harder. People love that that stuff. They love that rah rah. That's Jocko. That's David Goggins, right? You dig in, you work harder. Number two would be you innovate in some way, shape, or form. And this could be like me making up new scrambling moves, or this could be, hey, I only do a single leg. Maybe I should do a high crotch too. That's innovating you, right? You're not totally changing everything. You're just changing a little bit. And then number number three would be pivot. And this, this could mean a whole bunch of different things, but maybe it's uh, I'm in the wrong sport. I should go do a different sport. Maybe I should do something different in my life because this is going to be a dead end, right? So those are really the three things. Uh, I, the fourth thing, which I'll, I'll neglect to include, would be just give up on life. That's obviously number four but that's a really terrible choice. So we're going to ignore that. <laughs> yes. I'm glad that didn't make the uh, instructional instruction manual. I would say, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it, this, I'm sure it's physical, but just like understanding your role in the failure, I think is really important too. Like what, what is changeable about it? I remember yeah. just, you know, image, you know, so much immaturity in, that I, that I showed in my life, but I remember running cross country and you know, we were really good. And I was varsity as a sophomore, and we were second in the state, and it was this amazing thing. And um, so it was a really big deal to start. And then the next year, you know, I'm like, you know, 
let's win states, let's do all this. And I had all these aspirations that were backed up by basically nothing. No, I didn't do hardly any out of season training or not near <laughs> enough. And we got we had a really good team and then more got more people came out and I ended up I I didn't start as a junior after being uh, and I remember being bitter in that moment, that year, I was in and out of the lineup all year. Top and it's totally, if you're in the top seven, you're varsity. And if you're not, you're not. It's like totally on you how fast you run, very literally. And I remember yeah. being bitter at teammates and my coach that I wasn't in the top seven at that time. It's like so ridiculous. But I remember I felt that way in the moment as a, as a junior in high school. And I'm sure that that's an easy um, – it feels good, but it's so it's so stupid, mm-hmm. right? And so as soon as you kind of come to terms with, well, what did I do to get better? Well, it's clearly not enough, right? Yeah. So I just had that conversation with a bunch of kids last night, Christian. Yeah, I have a, I had a, a, a certain group of one of my practices who decides they want to talk talk too much, and it's like, guys, uh, uh, you know, I, I enjoy all of you, and if you're like you're like my cousins or nephews, and we're just hanging out, what I I think you guys are all funny. But at the end of the day, here's what I have to do as a mentor and, and looking out for you guys is, do you, do you, you and you, do you remember you lost at state semifinals? How did that feel? You lost here. How did that feel? You lost here. How did that feel? And obviously it's all terrible. Okay. Well, if we go, if we go nine months down the road um, and listen, all you guys, are, you're all really good, but you, you all are going to fail to achieve to what you could achieve if you actually put in the work. And then you look at some other guys in the room. And there's a bunch of guys in my room who I don't have to work, ask to work harder once, ever, ever. They just mm-hmm. get in and they work, right? Look at those guys. Look at what they're achieving. You, you guys can be similar to those guys if the workout that picks up. And I don't want to have to be the shoulder you're going to cry on next year. I don't want to be that. Uh, and I can see it. And I, I can see it coming. And I don't want to be the shoulder to cry on. I want to be giving you a high five, not letting you cry on my shoulder. So let's instead of crying about this in March, let's just change this in, in June. Yeah, I think there's such a lack of perspective that it, it's it's just so hard to have it when you're in high school, right? Yeah, but like, absolutely. The, the, the yep. one thing is like, man, if, if you know, going back, if someone just said, this is it, this is your, this is the chance, right? For so many as a wrestler, that you are in a unique opportunity and you will, you will probably think about these years for the rest of your life. Not like your Uncle yeah. Rico you know, taking state and throwing the football over the mountains. Hey, but Uncle very, Rico's a great guy. He's great. Great athlete. Uh, better uncle. And I think I think you just kind of lose, like, you're in a unique opportunity to, to do something. And not just for the guys, you know, for Ben. You, you have guys like Keegan O'Toole who go on to have great success at college and, and potentially internationally. But, like, for many of the athletes I bet you work with, like, the high school is sort of the pinnacle of their thing. But even – even that, even knowing that, it's hard for them to realize, like, this is your chance to be a wrestler and to really do this thing and achieve a goal. And then all you'll have afterwards is wondering what ifs, right? And yeah. Yeah. That, that's, what that's, if. what I, that's that's all that's that, what you don't want. You don't want what if haunting you for the next 20 years. You yeah, that's that. all I think about, right? It's like, what if I wrestled yeah. earlier? What if, what if I had trained harder uh, to run? Could I have been fast? Because I watched my brother... Ryan, who is basically me in build and ath- overall athleticism, go on to have gr- great levels of achievement in running and in wrestling. And I, I attributed that to he worked a lot harder than me. 
in high school than I did. Um, is that's probably true? That's almost definitely true. Yeah. He definitely worked harder right. than me, and I I would bet that is um, absolutely correlated with that. So high school kids, if you're listening, this is it. In many ways, this is it, right? And you will be thinking about this forever. There's very few. The percentage of wrestlers that make it to the next level and have great success in it, where high school isn't it is is very small. So just know that. It, it's also – Or no. you will be haunted for the rest of your life. <laughs> I literally I mean, honestly, though, I mean, maybe it will haunt them, but they'll always think back and think, what if I could have done that differently? Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think by definition, I think there's actually some science behind – uh, high school kids not being able to like look past what's like right in front of them, right? Or you know having the inability to see the future. But you always see the the ones who have that ability are generally more successful. There's also kind of, <clears throat> and I'm gonna shift it away from failure a little bit and get to his point about perspective. Um, one thing that for me, the reason that I think I am where I am and why I personally believe that I have have uh, success is I had a brother who I have a brother who's 11 years older than me and a sister who's 13 years older than me. And Dang. the greatest thing that I took out of that is I had a roadmap, right? And I got to see, mm-hmm. okay, this is what didn't work for them. This is what worked for them. This seemed, this seems to be a good idea. This seems to be a bad idea. And Having the wherewithal, whether it comes from within or whether you have good mentors, right, like like you guys were talking about, to allow yourself to pay attention and realize mm. that there's a road, like, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hard. Like, there are going to be hard parts of your life, but there are ways to navigate where if you just accept that that's what you have to do, it doesn't become hard anymore. It just becomes what you have to do, and... You just embrace it. And so I have a, I would have a really hard time like defining specific failures because I'm very big on shifting perspective and going, okay, well, had that not happened, this other thing might not have happened. So, so it, I guess it's a failure in the moment, but it's not necessarily a failure for like your whole mm-hmm. life. Okay. Um, we got, we hit, got deep today, Christian. We went deep. Getting deep. We can do it. Our depth is deep. Our depth. Yeah, trench style. <laughs> well said. Uh, Hayden Henry, just listen to your take on conditioning in the summer, dot, dot, dot. But being in good aerobic shape will help decrease recovery time, creating the opportunity for longer practices to learn technique and spar. Along with This is, this is a guy, to- Christian, I've read this already. This is a guy who his ego is tied to the outcome. He has one thought process, and he can't get over the fact that he's wrong. I'm sorry, Hayden. Obviously, what you're stating is a fact, but it's just not right. Okay. The words from Ben Askren. <laughs> in my opinion. It's, and obviously, that's in my opinion. Of course. Um, they're just say it's in Nomad's opinion that you speak on behalf of Nomad. Then absolving yourself of all of yeah. all guilt and blame. I don't speak on behalf of Nomad. <laughs> and hopefully, Nomad doesn't speak on behalf of me. That's dangerous. He does not. Uh, from Marv Merchants. I don't know if that's a real name. If so, that's pretty interesting. Uh, is Pat Pop the king of the ACC? Oh, I I currently. think he, mm, maybe currently. I don't know. So I mean, who won I, the ACC title this year? Well, they, they won, okay. If you're gonna go by, we can just say whoever wins the last conference championship is the king of the conference. If that's how we want to wow. do it, but Isn't that how it goes. Well, okay then. 
I don't think that's his question. I think his question is like, who is the best coach in the ACC? And to me, it's either it's either Pat or Tony Roby. And I think both those programs have had very comparable success. I would say that I think I think they both had a trophy, right? Now that was dresser era, but Roby has been instrumental, as we all know. Right. Uh, but number of top ten finishes, I would say Tech has probably had more more recently. So that that's but, the really hard thing about this question is Pat Pop yeah. obviously not did it all by himself, but he was the head man the entire yeah. time. Whereas Roby, again, very instrumental. Hmm. Not trying to take anything away from him, but he was not the head man, and they have been head coaches for different periods of time. Yeah. So it's a little tricky to kind of judge them against each other. Um, again, acknowledging that Roby was extremely important in helping give Virginia Tech to where they are. Yeah. Well, since since uh, I think even if you look, what Coach Roby's had two or three years, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now I think I, I think if you looked. Um, it's probably been a little back back and forth even then between those teams. If you want to take it down to those three years, I don't know, it's pretty close. They're two really really good ones. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say it's a co. Well, and, and and Coleman and, and Keith Gavin are coming for him too. I mean, the ACC has uh, some really really good coaches right now. Yes, I agree. And Glenn Lanham's done a, a really great job as well, even though they were not great last year. Redshirting basically everyone. Well, having no scholarships doesn't help. That does not. I've I've looked into it. And Are you that sure is, that doesn't help? That is harmful. I bet there is correlation there between oh. number of scholarships and uh and success. Hey, this actually segues because I did want to tell the story from uh from Bader Show yesterday. So first story from Bader Show yesterday. Jim and Tracy was on and he said when he started he had four scholarships. The year he got nine point nine, he brought in uh Kilgore, Mitchiff, and um. um Nick. Bedleon? Bedleon. Nick Bedleon. And I was like, was there anything different you did? He's like, no, we just have more money. We have more resources available to us. I was still doing things the same way. Second thing that happened on the Bader show yesterday, Vogar, uh, Vito's father, I, we were talking about uh, Soviet Union training camp, and he said uh, Kadartsev, who won seven world titles in a row, was one of his mentors there. And at the camp... They went around and they gave all the athletes pills. And Vogar's like 18 years old, oh and he goes, "What, what, what should I do with these?" And Kadartsev says, "You take them, you say thank you, and then you go back to your room and you flush them." Nice. So that's, we're so we're saying Kadartsev wasn't juiced. I, that's, I believe Vogar. I I think okay. that guy practices radical well. honesty. Yes, I agree. Man, yeah. interesting. I wonder how many other guys did that. I don't know. But he said Kadarta was like one of his mentors early on okay. in his career. Because obviously there was um, uh, obviously there was a lot of them who didn't because if you go by Icarus, a lot of them, you know, the a lot of the changed out tests tested positive. Well yeah. Interesting. <laughs> well yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> They're kind of big <laughs> cheaters. I was, I was doing. Bracky gave me the, uh, the last couple of years for Virginia Tech's finish. They finished uh, in 19, 11th, 18, 8th, 17, 6th, 16, 4th, 15, 10th. So, and then in 19, NC State was 17th, and then um, in 18, I think is when they were fourth. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty close. Who the king of the ACC is. 
and they're both both really good. Uh, Nine forty two. Do we have time for one more? Uh, yeah, can we get have a Dake and Chimizo wrestle the winner of a Burroughs versus Sitikov match, and whoever's left standing gets a belt? Yeah, that sounds great. Maybe. We'll Never know. Listen, if we make that happen, I can guarantee a belt personally. Yeah, we'll make a belt happen. Yeah, don't worry. Um, that'd be epic. That was an easy question. Uh, all right, so we'll, easy. we'll let Ben uh, take this one. I'm not I'm trying putting, to. Keep... I, I, oh, I'm putting up funny uh, things on my Twitter right now if anyone wants to go look. What, did you change <laughs> change your name? No, no, I didn't. Just go Life up. Coach Ben. Anyways, you should change it to Life, Life Coach Ben. ben. I life I could never call myself a life coach because that is so effing annoying. Although I would be probably be able to assist with a little bit of wisdom that'll help you be more successful in life. Yeah, but if you call yourself a life coach, I mean, how? Yeah, you're basically you're saying, okay, uh, what do you coach? I coach wrestling, so you're an expert of wrestling. Okay, I coach life. I I just got it all covered. There's no aspect I can't help you with. Uh, I've been pretty good at life, but yeah, I'm not gonna call myself a life coach. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good all right uh from the matt awareness podcast i'm not trying oh. to toot my own horn because i know you guys probably haven't heard of mine um but what are each of your favorite wrestling podcasts besides frl obviously have to pick one. Oh, geez i don't um, i i used to listen to a few i really don't anymore i listen uh to t-row and funky um but it doesn't exist and now we have uh Half of that so, yeah. <laughs> that viewership is over here. the host is here. I uh, I listened to you guys at FRL um, the whole time I was uh, doing both T Row and Funky, and then when I was doing the Rudish Justin podcast. Now I'm here. Um, I'll still listen to you know my old co-host Matt on the Rudish podcast sometimes, but that that's about it. Yeah, uh, Nomad, you, you listen to a lot of podcasts. Do you listen to other wrestling podcasts? Uh, I'm like you. I used to listen to everything, and then there got too many. There's so many. And, which is good. That's good. That means the, what we talked about earlier, right? The sport's getting more popular, uh, increasing access for people. Uh, I don't listen to much right now. Yeah. I'm listening to King Kingpins, which is a very interesting podcast about oh. uh, crime warlords. Which Wait, wait, wait. Can... Crime warlords. That... Can I be a crime warlord? Is this not the, the 30 for 30 about um... – No, separate. That is called kingpins, though, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes. Kingpin's very common term. I mean, there's also the bowling movie. There's the 30 for 30. <laughs> Great <podcast>. movie. <laughs> yeah. This is a Christian, podcast it's 945. Podcast. I got to pee so bad. Me too. Why don't we Can call it? Smith? Soft bladders. I don't have to Yes, pee. you may go. I'll give you a hall pass. <laughs> no man's as tough as Wayne Ballman. <laughs> <laughs> we made it. Hey, thanks, Ben. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I'll be gone next week. Holy cow. Oh so we need Dan. Oh, yeah, you will be. Yeah, we need Dan and uh, J.D. Raider. What do you think about that? Whoa. Bring in Are the, the young people bu- ready for Raider? I don't know. Y'all need to know. You probably don't know J.D. Raider yet. So, But if you do, you're excited. And if you don't, get excited because J.D. Raider is going to kill it. I hope I can like call in for at least like 15 minutes or something. Just like say, hey. I don't see why not. Quick check in. Why not? I think it is legal. Um, but, yes, yeah, so we... Mike and I and two shooters are flying to the Great Northeast Sunday to do Dake, Chimizo, Pat Downey, David Taylor, Anthony Ashall, Luke Pletcher. Shoots with all these guys for our July 25th card. Get excited about that. So I'll be gone, maybe to your delight. I don't know. I hope not. Jeez, that'd be hurtful. Just keep that to yourself. If so, 
But yeah, we'll be back then, Tuesday, come heck or high water. Thanks for listening. See you next time.